the 15 Minutes to Financial Freedom educational podcast series hosted by Arvind Venn. These 15 minute or so podcasts are meant to educate and empower listeners about key financial topics towards the road to financial independence in plain English and without financial jargon. Arvind Venn is an independent financial advisor, founder, and CEO of Capital V Group in Cupertino, California. He is regularly featured in leading national financial publications such as Forbes and many others. And now for our host, Arvind Venn. Hello and welcome to this edition of the 15 Minutes to Financial Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Arvind Venn, independent financial advisor and CEO of Capital V Group. So today's episode is a topic that interests many of you, and I know that for a fact. It is about estate planning and wealth transfer. So many people procrastinate about having a trust and will and other directives, and you really should not procrastinate. There are many reasons why, and we'll talk about that today. So we try to keep it uh, short and informative for each podcast. So we'll be discussing three key topics today. So first of all, what is probate and why you really don't want to get entangled with that? The probate process can be expensive and time-consuming. And our uh, legal expert, who's our guest today, she'll be talking more about that, and I'll be introducing her very shortly. The second topic we'll cover today are, well, there are several generational wealth transfer mechanisms. But today, we'll focus on the generation skipping trust and what that is about and why it is interesting and, and different. Estate tax limits are slated to come down significantly from current levels in, in the year 2025. It's also possible, given how much that the nation we are in debt, it's possible that estate limits can, can come down even further over the course of this decade. And finally, the much-talked-about California Prop 19 that became law a year ago. So that's done, but there are still a lot of questions and and there may be even some buyer's remorse if some of the articles that we read seem to indicate that. So we'll, we'll discuss that too. So I'm excited to have Michelle Yu as our guest for this podcast today. She's a practicing uh, estate attorney and has uh, 20 years of legal experience. Michelle advises clients on matters of trusts, real estate, and asset protection law. She regularly cons- counsels U.S. and non-U.S. citizens on their U.S. holdings and assets. In addition to English, she's very fluent in Cantonese and Mandarin Chinese, so she's uh, multilingual. She's admitted to practice law internationally in California, Ontario in Canada, and England and in Wales, so so truly global. Welcome, Michelle. It's a pleasure to have you here today, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Arvind. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. So let's start with the first topic today. So what is probate? And why do we want to bypass or avoid that? Mm, Sure, that's a great topic to start off with. Probate is very simply, it's a method of transferring title upon death. So a title of ownership, if it's in one person's name upon death, in order to change it under a different person's name, it can, uh, in California, we're lucky in that uh, revocable trust can allow that transfer of title to happen. But if it's not done during the person's lifetime, then it has to go through a probate process, which is a court uh, process to change title on one's asset. 
Right. So I guess what I also heard is that the probate process is expensive and time-consuming anywhere, but especially so in California. That is correct. Yes, that's right. It is very costly. It is based on the cost. In, it is based on the person's gross assets. So if they own a house that is, let's say, one or two million dollars, but they have a mortgage on it, the court does not look at the mortgage value. They just look at the fair market value of the house and base the probate fees according to the gross value. And so it is expensive. It is dependent on how much a person owns. So it's a sliding scale of fees. And it's also very uncertain in terms of a court will decide, a judge will decide who doesn't even know your family, who gets what asset. And, and fortunately in California, because other jurisdictions differ, in California, one can actually avoid probate if they have a uh, trust set up by a qualified lawyer. That's very good to know, Michelle. So if I'm not mistaken, what was the probate limit? Was it $150,000? It was a very low number, if I remember correctly. Yes, it, it is It is very low. And I think that for, for the most part, when we talk about trusts, there is a way that some clients can, and I should also preface my remarks to say that nothing, we're, we're only talking about my opinion in terms of just as for informational and educational mm -hmm. purposes that this is not, this isn't legal advice. And, and in order to get legal advice, we need to sit down and, and talk about um, the, uh, you know, the facts per client. But in terms of whether anybody needs a trust, it does depend on what type of asset is being held. And some assets will be able to be avoid probate and some will not. So that definitely needs a review, a close review of that client's situation. Very good. Thank you. And also along with the others, I mean, you have the health directive and, and other components that go with the trust and the bill. But yeah, those are components. So we don't need to discuss that right now. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for people to have their trust in place and not go to probate, which is a pretty expensive I mean, and time-consuming process. And to your point that you mentioned just now, better to have it, have it ready. Right. And, and better for you to decide who gets your asset instead of some person, such as a judge, deciding for you how to distribute um, your asset. Right. So now moving on to the next topic, there are several wealth transfer mechanisms. And as we alluded to right now, the estate limit, I believe, is about $11.7 million per, per spouse. That seems like a lot of money right now, but it's dramatically coming down in 2025 and may go down to even lower. I think even like 15, 18 years ago, I think it was probably a million or 2 million, pretty mm -hmm. low. As these numbers come down, it may not be only for a small set of people. It can affect a lot of people. So there are several ways, but today I thought it'd be good to talk a bit more about the generational skipping trust. So how does it work and what exactly is that? And how is it different? Sure. So with a, with a revocable family trust where the person can make changes during their lifetime, then upon the person, which we call the settlor, when they pass away, then the distribution can occur. So it can go to the children and, or depending on the terms of the trust. With the generation skipping trust, it becomes an irrevocable trust. And so there are certain um, advantages with that. And so for a generation skipping trust, instead of, for example, the money being taxed when the parent gives it to a child, so that's taxed once. And then from the child, when they pass away to give to their children, which is the grandchild, then it will be taxed again. 
So instead of that happening, the generation skipping trust will allow the settlor, which is the grandparent, to go give the money directly to the grandchild if the child in between, the, the settlor's children, don't need the money. And so it skips one level uh, potentially of trust, of tax liability. And so the good thing about that is that once the assets are put into this irrevocable trust, and if it's under the estate tax exemption, then it can potentially grow tax-free as well. So there's definitely many aspects of tax you know, advantages, but of course, every case is different. But that is generally the advantage of having a generation-skipping t- uh, trust, which is also called the dynasty trust. So is that a, a, a revocable trust or is it um, irrevocable? It becomes irrevocable when the settlor passes away and the money goes into um, the trust where it can grow tax-free if it is under the estate exemption. So it becomes, it goes from becoming a revocable trust to an irrevocable once the person passes away. Right. That means, that, that means no further changes can be done and then the estate passes into that irrevocable trust. Correct. So there are some trade-offs and, and the mm-hmm. trade-off is that it has to be, it has to be, as some terms have to be fixed at that time okay. in order to gain the tax advantage. So now the other question I have was we, we talked about Prop 19 was that we have we have Prop 13 that's already in place, but Prop 19 was passed last year. Owners uh, keep their property tax base, but it also has some caveats for children moving into the house or beneficiaries taking taking ownership of the house after the parents are gone. So what are you seeing with Prop 19? Because there's still a lot of questions. I think some confusion, even though it's been passed into law last year, I think uh-huh. where there's a lot of questions, people trying to um, scramble to figure out uh, what to do. So what has happened since then and, and what's going on with, with Prop 19? Sure. Well, it's, of course, a very complicated piece of legislation, but in a nutshell, it is, you know, my clients asked me about just how the property taxes will change when they have passed away and they want to pass down this real estate to their children. So prior to the change of Prop 19, if the child takes over, inherits their parents' real estate, then they could maintain that property tax basis that their parents enjoyed. However, with this change, now there are some limits in order to enjoy that lower property tax level. A couple of the requirements is that the child, the beneficiary, has to treat that piece of real estate as their primary residence, and it's got to have a value of a million dollars or less. And if it exceeds that level, then there will be a uh, recalculation based on the excess level. So the new law it's really important to sit down and talk with an attorney about this because it's not necessarily all bad. There's, you know, considerations like capital gains step up, that type of part, uh, you know, of the analysis, which should also be considered. And so it's a little bit too simplistic to talk about it in, in a very narrow scope. It is important to consider the whole picture. From your end, are you uh, seeing any specific questions about this topic coming in over the last year after Prop 19 became law? I mean, what, what are you seeing in terms of questions that are coming in over the last few months? Right. At, at this point, it is too late to try to make the changes to the real estate to give it to the children in advance before the, the parents pass away. But what I am seeing is that the children, when they inherit 
the real estate after their parents have passed, they are deciding to take up the step up in cost basis upon their parents' death and to sell it. And so instead of hanging on, instead of treating it as their primary residence and maintaining the property tax, I am seeing the children sell the real estate, which is, which is going to produce a little more inventory on the market. Right. That remains to be seen. Michelle, that was, some, that was very informative. And again, I'll, I'll also reiterate what you said in the beginning is that this cannot be considered legal advice. Uh, this is mainly for educational purposes. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're, you're, you have a pretty busy schedule, so I, uh, I appreciate you joining us today. My pleasure to be here. Happy to answer any other questions. If people want to reach out, they can, they can look for you or, or just directly through me as well. Absolutely. Please yeah, feel free to reach out to Michelle, uh, Michelle Yu, uh, Office of Office, Law Office of Michelle Yu. So we look forward to seeing you soon and you tuning in at the next podcast. You can also read more about us at www.capitalvgroup.com or call us at 408-725-7122 or you can like us or read more about us on Twitter and on Facebook. Arvind Venn is a registered representative with advisory services and securities offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, and SIPC. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. The information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax advisor. Financial planning offered through Capital V Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL Financial. 